originally the band was myself and Pete and Andy and I was uh, lead guitar and lyrics mainly and then Pete did vocals he just had this naturally amazing voice for the, uh, for the sound and we met uh, at our college and we just had a lot of similar interests the esoteric the golden dawn and all of that which was 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 quite different for the, for the time you know and we started doing these these acoustic sets in Canterbury and a bit further out like Faversham, Kemsley and, and, and so on and like Andy, Andy became involved because he saw us at the Goodenstone May Day Festival and we've been thinking about beefing up the sound and looking for a drummer and everything just fell nicely into place really and I mean, in the early 70s, it was quite tricky with the kind of influences that we had to make headway. Like, Sabbath, obviously, were coming through, and Floyd were becoming a force by that point. And everyone everywhere was playing catch-up to that. And we were thinking about, should we go heavier, or do we persevere with this, what we call rough blues, colia, like, it's like bucolic melancholia and bucolic blues, or, or one of them. And uh, personally, we were having a difficult time. Uh, Pete had a girlfriend, or thought he did, and anyway, they split up. And a lot of that was coming out in these lyrics, you know, quite dark. Um, Andy was potentially being apprenticed as a stonemason to this chap in Wadhurst. And I'd, um, I'd come off my bike and broke my chin. So, you know, we were all thinking about how committed we were at that point to the band. And so it happened that we got this gig at this big house around about Witchley, up, up the North Downs. And we got in Andy's van. It's a bit of an older crowd, um, but the set goes down really well. And afterwards, that's when we meet Mr. Apscott. Now, Mr. Apscott's a really good friend of the guy that owns the house. They're in the same uh, club or something. And we go up to this upstairs kind of study in the house. And he calls us some drinks. And he says he really likes us and what we do. And is there anything that he can do to help us? And I think we were all thinking, can we get another van? Because Andy just had this old Morris Minor off his uncle. We'll give it him when he went to prison. And Andy asks him, he asks him for this other van. And Mr. Apscott, he laughs, and he's quite a little bloke, but it booms around this dark wood panelled room. And he tells us he's thinking of something more ambitious. He says he wants to get us on like Top of the Pops, Whistle Tests, Jukebox Jewelry, which wasn't even still on, but he's, he's an older fellow, he don't know. And basically, he wants to get us everywhere, you know, playing to everyone. He wants everyone to hear us, that's, that's what he says. And on the desk in front of him, there's this sheet of paper, this contract, and he says, all we've got to do is sign this, and then we'll get what we want. Now, I think Andy's still mainly focused on the van, maybe, maybe also another car. And Pete was always the more commercially minded out of us, and he's been thinking about expanding into producing our demos himself, so fair enough. 
and and I'm I'm a bit on the fence. I could see both sides. Like, what are we signing up to? Who is this weird, elegant old bloke? And how's he connected in the industry? Uh, why is some of the contract not in English? Why has it got these these dark stains on? So I say, can we take this away and think about it? Because it's a big decision. And he smiles. He says, of course we can. And then we're in the van on the way back and we stop at this all-night cafe to have a talk about it. And Andy's already signed it at this, this point and Pete's had a think and he has quite a good idea which is shall we sign it as the band because then individually we can still step away and reform some label mate of his and said that's, that's allowed. And I don't want to be the problem obviously so I agree. And I'll take it with me to post the next day but the next morning, Pete and I get a phone call from Mr. Apscott saying it's arrived, so I, I must have I must have already uh, posted it. So from that point on, we're getting regular phone calls from Mr. Apscott about the band and the recordings and how it's all going and what he can help with. And Pete's all about this upmarket recording studio in Crouch End that he's heard of. So he gets Mr. Apscott to fork out for a load of sessions there and but some new kit he wants. And Andy gets a new van. I can't remember whether he got around to deciding on the car. And I'm wondering whether we need some new material, you know, whether the demo stuff so far is really strong enough. But Pete's of the opinion that let's give it a go to see how the mixing turns out. And after the mixing, it's like, when we're listening back, it's fucking awful. There's just this discordant, throbby sort of chanting all over it and underneath it and on top of everything we've recorded. Like we haven't we haven't recorded it. It's just there. It's just turned up in production. And obviously Pete goes mental, he's having to go at the studio, he's having to go at me and Andy, and he phones up Mr. Apscott at his club, except he's not in, so Pete has a go at the uh, the grand wizard of the club or whoever, saying how the studio can't mix for shit, and he needs to sort this out with somewhere else. So we end up this place in Camden, but same thing. And even Pete has to sort of admit that it's not the studio's fault. So we all record our bits separately, and it's the same thing again, and then we get the tech to do it, so some chords or whatever, and it, it sound, it's fine, it sounds perfectly fine. Anyway, we're just at the end of our tether, so we set up this meeting with Mr. Apscott, and he's, he's like a bit ill, he's, he's lost a load of weight, and, and he, he, like, he doesn't like sitting out in the sun. But Pete's convinced that it's something Mr. Apscott's done to us, like our auras or something. He got big end of that at the time. And he's having a massive fucking go at it. Now what it come down to, I think, was Mr. Apscott was really trying to get kids to listen to it and get them engaged. Getting into their minds is how he put it. And Pete was really insistent, rightly so, I, in my opinion on the realities of putting a record down and getting it on John Peel and what have you. So eventually there was a compromise and we went to this other studio in Putney and it was already a lot better, like it had got like really, it was really down in the mix 
and uh, uh, that was a that was a really nice moment when you you got past the uh, the weird incantations and could really hear what we were trying to do as a band. So we're getting the EP together, ready to put it out. And that's where we have the other problem, because Mr. Apscott has this weirdly specific cover art that he needs. And it's, uh, it's this bloke in a smock with a cat's head playing the French horn with a load of, load of mice dancing around it. He's called Bedeth or, or something. It's in the contract we signed, he says. And I mean, this is not going to fly with Pete at this stage at all. He's done some cover art himself. Andy and I didn't really care for it, to be honest, but it's the principle of the thing. And there's a lot of back and forth, and eventually we just stuck it out under a white label. And I mean, Pete would probably disagree, but I don't think we found quite found our feet as a band, really, at that point. Uh, we got a letter back from uh, Melody Maker. It wasn't very positive, but it was nice to them. It didn't make the final print edition, but that's the game, isn't it? Uh, NME, Radio 1, nothing. We, we did get an offer to be local support at the Coronet in Elephant Castle for somebody who used to be in Black Widow. But then Andy's van broke down and we weren't allowed to to take Pete's base amp on the train, so it just didn't happen, which uh, is a shame because I think Mr. Apscott was was quite excited about that. Um, it's it's probably just as well that we we went our separate ways at that point. Andy picked up his stonemasonry again. He's he's doing all right. We have a pint now and then. I started a traineeship with uh, with Bradford and Bingley. You know, it's not as exciting, but it's a bit more consistent. Pete, Pete went off to London, tried to keep the the band, the name of the band, going with my and Andy's blessing, but it still it still didn't really happen. He um, he ran a pub for a bit, but it burned down. Uh, funnily enough, so did that big house where he played in, where we met Mr. Scott first. Uh, he, he probably passed away himself now, but you know, nice chap. I, I wonder sometimes if uh, if the contract's still going, um, might have the rights to the EP for all I know. Uh, not that it's a big deal, to be honest. It's uh, it's just nice to have something out there. Thank mm -hmm. you.